Hello, and welcome back to Making Better Bites podcast, a podcast full of bite-sized information that can lead to bite-sized habits that could change your life forever. My name is Adrienne, and I am your podcast host and dietitian. I wanted to get started with a couple of housekeeping updates to share at the beginning of the podcast today. Um, so if you don't already follow me on Instagram, which is betterbytes underscore RDN, be sure to do that so you can keep up and connect more. But the reason for the episode delay this week is mainly because my allergies were ridiculous and I could barely swallow, let alone speak comfortably for a decent amount of time in order to be able to record. You might be able to tell in my voice, but hopefully not, that it's still kind of bothering me, but I didn't want to go the whole, um, obviously the whole week without posting because of this next part especially, and that is um, that next week's episode will be the last one before I go on a summer podcast hiatus. I announced this at the end of last week's episode, but just in case you didn't listen to last week so you didn't make it to the end of the episode. Um, I just want to be able to take a break and have more time to be creative with ideas. Like for the episodes, I don't know, I feel like I've kind of hit a wall and I'm struggling on like ideas to create and I just want to give my mind a break from like thinking every week or like regularly pretty much every day about like what can I do on the podcast? Where should my episodes go? And what do I want to talk about? Um, So I just want to be able to take a break so that the podcast can become even better and I can just grow as a podcast host and learn more. So I also want to be able to have time to focus on other aspects of my business that I really want to grow. And sometimes the podcast just gets in the way of um, having time for those things just because I am so busy with juggling lots of different things as we all are of course um yeah I want to be able to create some other types of content and focus on those for a little bit as well and then finally like I've shared I have a lot of things going on personally this summer with some trips and family time and also I have my surgery the polyp removal and potential endometriosis excision round two coming up um, next month. So I just want to be able to focus on all of those things and take time to heal and relax. And summer is my favorite season. So the more time I can spend outside um, and being active, like the better. I just love when it's sunny and hot. Um, So yeah, that's another reason why you might want to head over right now while you're listening to this and find me on Instagram if you haven't already. Um, And another thing is you can head to my website as well, which I usually remember to link in the description um, and sign up for my email list so that you can stay in the know of all that's going on in the world of Better Bites hormone and nutrition support. So with that out of the way, um, I did talk last week on how important your fertility and reproductive health is, even if your focus right now isn't on conceiving a child. Um, even if you have been dismissed, unfortunately, like many of us have by healthcare professionals in the past, it's still super important. Um, and in that episode, I was talking about the hormones that are important for your body outside of just supporting a pregnancy. Um, 
and why you should care about them. And one of these hormones, which I will be talking about today, um, is progesterone. So let's chat about what you can do nutritionally in supporting your body's production of progesterone. And really quick before I get there, um, just a reminder that I am not providing anyone here with direct medical advice and to please always talk to your trusted healthcare professionals that know you and your health background before making any changes. So progesterone is important for preparing your endometrial lining, preparing your body to sustain a pregnancy, of course, and regulating overall your menstrual cycle. If your progesterone is too low, um, it can lead to very wacky periods and um, very wacky overall (laughs) menstrual cycles. So some, some signs that you might have that your progesterone levels are too low include premenstrual spotting, short, very short menstrual cycles, um, mood changes, sleep disturbances, breast tenderness, and extra water retention. Um, Some common reasons that this might be going on with low progesterone can be from not ovulating, having an underactive thyroid, um, elevated cortisol levels, which we also talked about recently on the podcast, or elevated um, prolactin levels, and also having low cholesterol because um, cholesterol is needed in order to have healthy egg growth. So nutritionally speaking, supporting your thyroid, proper ovulation, and regular cortisol levels, of course, will also um, support your progesterone production. Um, So making sure nutritionally that you're supporting all of those things as well is going to help. Um, But today we're going to go ahead and get into some specific micronutrients to focus on and how you can find them more readily in your diet. So some of these important nutrients that you are going to want to look for are fiber, zinc, B6, magnesium, vitamin C, and vitamin D. And these, of course, are not all of the important nutrients, and all vitamins and minerals, of course, are important, but each of these are going to support your hormones in different ways. So we are just going to go in order from like the way that I read them in um, time of discussing them. So fiber is found in many different forms. I know there are supplement options that many people turn to when they're struggling like with regular bowel movements, but um, as you might know, I always like to take things um, from a food first perspective. So it is going to provide you with a lot more nutrients if you choose to eat whole foods that are rich in fiber rather than taking something like Metamucil on a regular basis. Foods rich in fiber, of course, are going to be our whole grains, fruits, and vegetables. I honestly tend to personally not eat a lot of whole grains, unless it's like a slice of bread or two for a sandwich at home, or the occasional bowl of oatmeal or popcorn as a snack. Um, And I do also enjoy eating things like ancient grains in a warm salad, so that could be like farro or barley, Um, quinoa, things like that. 
and um, you can do like a warm salad with vegetables and a vinaigrette style dressing poured over. But again, that's like just not something that I do as often as I wish I did. But some options for you that you could incorporate, especially like those ancient grain salads or just grains in general are really easy to make ahead in advance. Um, and then, of course, just eat them throughout the week. Add them to your meals as um, as necessary or as you see fit. Um, and then other foods besides grains and fruits and vegetables that are going to be a rich source of fiber are any type of bean or lentil, which I definitely find myself um, using in my regular diet a lot more is beans and lentils along, of course, with fruits and vegetables. Um, recently, I shared how to um, add lentils in with um ground beef or like ground meat and it's pretty much not noticeable at all um and then beans we just cook with a lot in general we like to have vegetarian meals once or twice a week for dinner and I like to add them like onto my salads like cold salads um or really just any meal like I feel like beans can be added to almost anything that you're eating as long as you choose the right type of bean. I mean, it could be as easy as like a can of baked beans on a warm summer night barbecue, or you could do um, black beans with or pinto beans with tacos and burritos, um, or like in a taco bowl, you can do like white beans or cannellini beans I like on salads or with like um, pasta dishes or a pasta salad, things like that. There's a lot of different options there. Um, and whenever I talk about fiber, I do always like to remind people as well to make sure when you increase your fiber intake to do so gradually and to also make sure you increase the amount of water that you're drinking because um, the fiber can lead to um, constipation especially if you increase it quickly over a short period of time um, but also fiber is meant to add bulk to your stool so you want to make sure that if that is happening um, for the first time or more so than what has happened in the past that you're getting enough fluids to pass the stool um, comfortably and um yeah, it'll just make it a lot easier for you. So make sure that you do so gradually to help prevent bloating and like too much pain or constipation, but also increase your water intake. Next up is zinc, which is a mineral that is very involved in activation of many enzymes in your body, as well as um, the very important follicle stimulating hormone or FSH as you might know it, which is how it is going to relate to your progesterone levels. So zinc is available in red meats and poultry, as well as green vegetables, nuts and seeds, and legumes like chickpeas and lima beans. Another source of zinc for many Americans especially is um, fortified cereals. So cereal can be considered a good source of zinc if you're blindly just searching for foods with zinc in them. But just know that it is going to be a form of zinc that is closer related to a supplement rather than um, naturally found, which is perfectly fine. Like, I don't need you to stress over that. I'm just giving you the details so that you're um, to be transparent and be aware 
But um, this is, yeah, this is a fine way to get zinc into the diet, but it shouldn't be relied upon, um, preferably as your only form of zinc, I will say. Then we will talk about vitamin B6, which is one of the multiple B, B vitamins that are essential to our diet. Um, it helps with supporting the immune system and the nervous system, and it can lead to um, excess inflammation when it's something that you are deficient in. So it is also known, of course, to help then increase your progesterone levels, which is why we're talking about it today, and to potentially decrease the free estrogen that is um, in your blood. So some good sources of B6 are uh, sunflower seeds and pistachios, fish, poultry, and one of my favorite um, starchy foods, potatoes. Pistachios and sunflower seeds, I think, are both underrated snacks in my personal opinion. Um, you do need to be careful about the amount of sodium in the ones that you get, like obviously at the gas station, that are roasted and the flavor is added to them, but they are honestly so tasty and enjoyable to eat. I personally enjoy the process of consuming them because it's more interactive than many foods and many snacks that we might mindlessly consume. Like, obviously, it's more processed version of um, sunflower seeds and, um, well, I don't really buy flavored pistachios. I just buy them in the shell. Um, but yeah, it's a more processed version of those foods, but um, it also partially just is really um, nostalgic, I guess. Not really nostalgic, but like brings back happy memories um, because I used to eat them like playing softball when I was like, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, like in the outfield. Um, so yeah, sunflower seeds that is, not pistachios. But yeah, I love, I love a flavored sunflower seed. Also at my work, um, one of my coworkers introduced me to... Um, these like roasted coconut flavored sunflower seeds, which normally I'm used to like the salty, like, um, like savory flavors, but the coconut ones are also so good. And I have like two bags of them in my pantry right now. So yeah, vitamin B6, love the sunflower seeds and pistachios and the potatoes too, of course. Next up is going to be magnesium, which is another mineral that can be very easily depleted. Um, and that is because it is sensitive to many things, including stress levels. So it is key to the process of increasing the progesterone because it is involved in regulating the pituitary gland, which is going to be responsible for producing a few hormones like FSH, which is the follicle stimulating hormone that we've already talked about. LH, which is the luteinizing hormone, and TSH, which is the thyroid stimulating hormone, which all help support the production of progesterone. Sources of magnesium are going to be dark leafy greens, fish, nuts and seeds, as well as dark chocolate. So making your own um, or purchasing dark chocolate covered nuts of any kind can be a great snack when you want something sweet but still like a little bit salty and satisfying and one of my favorites is to eat dark chocolate with um the brazil nuts which i've talked about quite a few times we can also get um this one brand that my mom 
I feel like actually found. I think it was her. It's called Skinny Dipped, and they have different types of nuts like cashews, almonds, I think peanuts, maybe not. Um, but yeah, lots of different types of nuts, and they dip them in like a just a light coating rather than being like 50-50 chocolate to nuts. Um, it's just enough of the coating. And there's lots of different flavors. So not all of them are dark chocolate. But it's a good way to eat um, nuts, especially if you don't typically like them, um, is by adding the dark chocolate or getting the lightly dipped ones. And then another brand then of the coated nuts that I really love is the Hue brand, H-U. These are a little bit harder to find, but I'm pretty sure you can order them online. And they have these like chocolate covered cashews and they are so good. So those are just a few of my favorite like chocolate nut combinations, which I think are good because I mean, nuts and seeds are a great thing to incorporate regularly into your diet and just having a few, um, in the afternoon when you want something sweet, it's not quite time for dinner or like before bed when you just need that, like one or two bites of something sweet to change like the taste. Um, I think chocolate covered nuts is a really good option. All right, so let's talk then about vitamin C, which is a super popular vitamin that is very readily available. And I think, I feel like many people will even take as a supplement. And I think partially because vitamin C supplements are among the best tasting. They have like the gummies or the tablets, and they always have a nice like citrus flavor to them. Um, But the great part is that because it's water soluble, it's pretty much nearly impossible to get too much vitamin C in your system. And um, it is important for healing and um, supporting the function of your immune system. So you're going to find vitamin C, of course, in citrus fruits, but it's also found in vegetables like bell peppers, broccoli, and sweet potatoes. Now for the vitamin C, I didn't find any specific specifics on like the mechanism of how you can how it works to increase your progesterone levels or how it supports progesterone function in general but I find it really interesting how much it can support increased levels I saw something say that like women who increase their vitamin c intake saw like a 75 percent increase in their progesterone levels something like that in one study so I don't know if it's necessarily that much of like a miracle but it's very interesting and I I would like to look in the future into more of like the mechanism of how that works because I just didn't think of vitamin c as being that important when it comes to like our um reproductive system in general but like our menstrual cycles and stuff I don't know just just a cool cool bit of information And then um, finally, we will get into vitamin D, which is another great micronutrient that can help to increase your progesterone levels. So what is unique to vitamin D is that it acts in the body as a hormone itself. It is most closely related to increasing progesterone levels by supporting healthy ovulation. Vitamin D is going to be best absorbed and utilized when it comes from direct sun exposure to the skin. And this is why I regularly am reminding people on Instagram to go outside and see the morning sun because you're going to kill two birds with one stone, getting the sunshine of the morning um, and supporting healthy cortisol while also, um, of course, getting natural source of vitamin D directly to your skin. 
You can also, um, though, of course, find it in some foods like tuna, salmon, sardines, and milk, which um, by milk, I mean just like standard dairy milk. Uh, One other key aspect to vitamin D is that it requires some other nutrients to function properly in the body, which is just a great reminder again for how important it is. Truly, truly important to get a variety of vitamins and minerals and eat from a variety of food sources regularly because there is so much overlap everywhere. It will be exhausting to try to keep up with an exact list of everything you need to be consuming every day of the week or like X amount of times during the week. But um, yeah, there's a lot of overlap with our nutrients and our body's functions and vitamins that need each other or amino acids that need vitamins and all of the above. So you'll need to have um, adequate amounts of magnesium, calcium, zinc, and iron in order to support healthy vitamin D levels. Um, proper absorption and use of the vitamin. So that is going to be some very important micronutrients you need to focus on. Let me say them all one more time. Vitamin D, vitamin C, magnesium, vitamin B6, zinc, and fiber. Um, And this is how you are going to be able to support your body's progesterone production, especially important if you're someone who struggles with low progesterone, which also is me. Um, It's actually the last medication that I'm taking um, is in order to help with my historically low progesterone levels. I'm looking forward, though, to being done with my surgery and um, finding out how to implement more focus on these foods and nutrients and how that can maybe help my body to produce enough progesterone on my own or at least increase it enough where I can have less intervention in the future. I know um, personally my goal is to not be on any medication indefinitely if possible, especially because it is injections that I have to give myself, which I'll do if I have to, but like I'm kind of over it, you know, (laughs) we shall see, but thanks for listening to today's episode. If you learned anything from today and you've been enjoying the podcast, please leave a review and let other people know about it. This is going to help me out a lot. So I really appreciate it from you all. Final reminder to come find me on Instagram again at betterbytes underscore RDN. I hope this today has helped you to make better bites. Have a great week.